fuck on this because I can't find my goddamn notes. But uh, I think we should just go for it. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Vampire Castle. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jamie Peck. And what you just heard, uh, J- uh, one of uh, Jamie's uh, supporters and fans made us a very, very nice custom intro song. It's so good. And I also really like the name of the project, which is Intellectual Dark Wave. Yes, uh, we're taking back the uh, initials IDW. Um, they're not just for those dorks and losers. It's also a, a musical genre. It's intellectual, like, dark synthwave type shit, which our intro is, I think it's very appropriate because we are intellectuals, we are very dark, and we are very wavy. All of those things are true. Yeah, I mean, I've never met a horrible thing that Dark Wave couldn't make better, except I'm lying because there's a whole lot of fascists making Dark Wave out there. I know, right? <laughs> it's really, it's not easy sometimes being a Jewish communist goth. Like, sometimes I just find myself bopping along to something and I'm like, wait, what is this? It's so funny, too, because it's like, how, like, how do you make like synthwave, vaporwave, all this stuff, like 90% of it doesn't have lyrics and 99% of it that does have lyrics are just like remixes of like pop songs from the late 80s, often by black women. How do you make that fascist? How do you do fascist stuff where you're just, I don't know. I don't know. They, they're very they, creative. They find a way, I guess. Fascists <laughs> find a way. I don't know, man. I feel like I need to put together some kind of like anti-fascist dark wave goth festival or something like Kim Kelly did a really cool uh, anti-fascist metal thing at uh, St. Not St. Vitus at uh, Brooklyn Bazaar recently. And maybe, you know, on top of everything else that I'm doing, the Antifada could like take that format and use it for goth music. You know, you could. But uh, hear, hear me out. What if you do some A-B advertising where you, you get all these artists right, but to all the leftists, you advertise it as an anti-fascist show. And to uh, to all the fascists, you an- advertise it as a fascist wave show. And then when everybody gets there, the music is the same either way. Somebody and- would be stabbed. Well, you know, that's just <laughs> punk rock. That's oh just god. what happens sometimes. Oh my god. <laughs> but oh you god. get money from both groups. Why cut off half the audience? I'm just saying. No, I know business-wise it's a really good idea. <laughs> but I feel, oh my god, it would be so bad. <laughs> oh. I kept saying like, um, do you think Death in June is going to start touring again now that Trump is president? And uh the the answer it turns out is yes. And I don't remember if I've told you that already or not. So if I have, I apologize. Oh no no no! You uh, you told me offline, which doesn't count. If it's off mic, it doesn't count. It's not real. We're here to deliver content. Okay, okay great. God, I'm like a fucking grandpa sometimes. I swear to God, um, I forget which stories I've told to which people, and I just tell them over and over and over again. But like you said, if I haven't told it to the public yet, then it doesn't count. Well, speaking of people who, you know, tell who are very old and tell their stories over and over and over again, they're still reliving past glories. Today, we're talking about the vampires in what we do in the shadows, the TV show, the TV show, not the movie. Um, 
the movies. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the movie, but mostly the TV show. So if you haven't seen the FX uh, TV series, What We Do in the Shadows, it is very, very funny. I would highly recommend it to fans of comedy and or vampires. If you're a longtime vampire fan and you're a little bit skeptical about haha funny vampires, I would still check out the show because these are in some ways kind of like you know really good vampires too um what we do in the shadows it's very uh very good definitely check it out Uh, we're going to talk about it today it's so good yeah uh sean was a little skeptical that this show was going to be good or funny because he doesn't share my love of vampires um the love that me and leslie share but um he thought it was funny too so there yeah so what we do in the shadows it's um spinoff of the 2014 um film uh of the same title by uh taika waititi um who is um you know now in the uh mcu um director he directed uh the last door movie um he's directing the next door movie and that's basically means he's never gonna make anything good again but at least he gave left us uh what we do uh, in the shadows, which is a dot, which is a mockumentary, uh, following, um, vampires who aren't as cool as vampires we're kind of used to. Uh, we were talking about some very cool vampires on the near dark episode. Um, but these vampires are very shitty <laughs> for the most part. Like they're not sending their best. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, build that wall against these damn vampires, because these vampire, they like they 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 they're bad at almost everything. Like not they're bad people, they're bad vampires for the most part. They're uh, they're just awful. They're just awful, and we just get to watch these awful vampires um, fuck up and embarrass themselves again and again and again. But at the end of the day, they still get to be immortal um, vampires, which I think is kind of a interesting thing from a leftist um, perspective to, uh, to see these, you know, eternal elites who are completely um, shitty um, and but can never be like stopped or canceled or taken away from the power that they have over the rest of humanity. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point, because I think. Uh, part of me as a leftist uh, was kind of uh, inspired by how bad these vampires were at their jobs, you know, yeah. <laughs> like because, you know, real talk. We have a right to be lazy. Um, work sucks. I know, you know, we all know if you're listening to us right now, um, nobody likes to fucking do it. And they didn't do their jobs. They were supposed to go out and basically take over America uh, the new world, as it was known at the time that they came over. <laughs> yeah, they were they were supposed to, like, take over the new world for the vampire kind, which was um, kind of interesting because usually vampires don't want people to know about them. But um, th- fine, I'll, I'll accept it. And well, they- it, well, it's so with the world there. It, there are some exceptions. There are some vampire media where even if they aren't necessarily no, like so like in the vampire hunter d universe is kind of this 
far future post-apocalyptic world where vampires literally are the kings and queens everywhere. They've come out of the shadows and they revealed themselves and they just um, treat all the humans as uh, cattle. There's a there's like Daybreakers, I think, um, starring Ethan Hawke, another near future uh, world. And it's almost like more of a, like a matrixy thing, matrixy thing where vampires uh. are just kind of take over. But like, there's a ton of vampires in that one. Like everybody's a vampire in that one. Interesting. Uh, yeah. There's Blade, of course. Now Blade, I think is probably the most leftist vampire piece of media there is because his concept is that, you know, in Blade, the vampires do rule the world, but most people don't know it. They're not looking at them. They're the like, they're like the billionaires, the ultra billionaires, basically. They secretly run the world. All the cops work for them in one way or another. Politicians work for all of them. And Blade is just like this lone guy trying to eradicate them. And most people are kind of like, even regular people are kind of like his enemy in that because the cops, you know, treat him as a criminal. Um, the, and, you know, there's a bunch of people called familiars similar to this TV show who want to become, who think they can become vampires if they, you know, kiss enough vampire ass and help them out enough. Of course, it's ultimately like mostly a lie. Like you're, they're not going to be turned into the vampire. And there's even like a class structure within the vampire class. Um, so I get, so I think what we do in the shadows is what would happen if the vampires who came over to America just like never bothered to set up a secret, um, world government kind of like they just never got around, uh, to taking over in behind the scenes, all of the, you know, lovers of power. They just didn't do it. They just hung out in like Staten Island for the most part and, and partied and drew orgies and stuff. Hell yeah. I mean, wouldn't you, isn't that what you'd do if you were a vampire? Like there's, they're slackers. They're alive forever. They have uh, some sort of source of funds where they don't have to have jobs besides being a vampire. And they just fucking hang out. Like, I, I like the, the scene where they sent the, uh, the super old vampire from the old world to, like, check on how they were doing. Yes. And, um, he was so appalled at their lack of progress. It was almost like um, when your job sends in a consultant or something to, like, work on your productivity and you're like oh this fucking guy i thought uh, well i thought the baron um he was more like the regional like manager guy yeah. he's just coming in to do the off the tour of the office um the quarter of a century tour of the office see how they're pro quarter of a millennia i guess um to see how they're what they're doing how they're they've progressed and like they haven't done shit um with their time okay. and he's all like they're all afraid of him too exactly as they would be as like a normal wage slave is of the regional manager when he comes on board uh the vampires names are nondor the relentless who's this more like this vlad the impaler type vampire who used to be a conqueror and now he just like has nothing now except the 1992 dream team um when he saw uh, michael jordan larry bird and all of them uh playing on the same team that was the last time he felt anything and <laughs> anything other than boredom um we have uh laszlo cravensworth who's a uh, like a nobleman uh type vampire um very much into um all types any type of uh 
sexual, you know, play, deviancy, whatever you want to call it. He's very much into it, along with his wife, Nadja, who's a very romantic uh, type of vampire. Um, they're, and, but they're all like... But also of, sarcastic. Yeah, very sarcastic. She's got some of the best sarcastic lines in the show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, very funny. Um, um, there's uh, Guillermo, who is uh, Nandor's familiar, even though the other vampires kind of push him around and boss him around. He's been the familiar for 10 years. He's, he's been promised to be turned to a vampire like Ar- Armand from Interview with the Vampire because uh, Armand was played by a Hispanic man and he's Hispanic. He's like, I didn't know, uh, you know, Hispanic people could become vampires. And Representation um, matters. Yes, um, but he's um, still waiting patiently, and they just treat him like dog shit the entire time with that promise that, oh, one day you'll become a vampire. And then my favorite character, I think most people's favorite character, Colin Robinson, who is just the dorkiest, squarest, you know, you know, office worker drone guy who is secretly the most powerful of all the vampires because he's an energy vampire and he just sucks the life out of you by telling you a bunch of dull, boring stories. And he can even feed on the other vampire. He's the only kind of vampire who can feed on both humans and vampires. And he's just uh, the most powerful one and one of the funniest characters on the show. Oh my God. It's so good. Like talk about, melding genres a little bit like the mockumentary style already reminds me of the office and then the parts with colin robinson are just like peak office mixed with vampires which is something that i really enjoyed um i also really liked his little side plot with vanessa bayer because as soon as i saw her i'm like oh this is gonna be great Oh, the emotional vampire, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Similar to the energy vampire, just uh, sucks the life out of you by telling you all these horrific things that have happened to them and just sucks the life out of you. These are like the two best vampires because they're vampires that exist in real life that we all deal with. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Big time. Every Everyone knows, I think, one of each of those, at least. Um, and if you don't, it's probably you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah so i enjoyed the movie all right a lot of people went crazy for it i didn't i i it just didn't you know hook me as much as the other people but with this show like i really like it a lot better first of all 30 minutes episode that's the perfect amount of time to tell a comedy comedic story instead of yeah the the movie's not long but still like a the perfect format for comedy is 30 minutes straight up um i think the character is a little bit more better and diverse on the show like um like they're like there's more different types of vampires that are represented in the show different types of people um in the show the show uh the movie was i think pretty sure it was shot in new zealand so it's just like taika watiti and a, a, a bunch of other white guys in the, in the movie um not as not to hold not that as a bad but like it's it just you get a little bit more diversity more different characters and you get to know more about the characters and learn more about their unique foibles and all that stuff so i i really I like if you weren't too into the movie like i wasn't i would still recommend checking out the show because i think it's it's a really like fun really strong show and but what, what was cool from the movie even though it was a mockumentary um 
they really it's still really violent like the movie is really violent. Oh, yeah. the tv show is really violent i, mean, I like vampires. that i like that like and it's like interview with the vampire level violence like that's the type of vampires yeah. there are the type of vampires that like rip cut people's heads off rip people apart like very bloody very like grotesque uh type of vampires i'm glad it's not like the buffy style like oh it's just a little bit of blood you stab a vampire oh they just turn into a puff of dust and that's it like no these are bloody violent physical vampires and they're my favorite type of oh, <laughs> vampire yeah. style I agree so hard. I mean, what's the point of having vampires if you're not going to show like all the shit that vampires do? You know, there's got to be gore. Um, also, I appreciate, you know, we've been talking about different um, sexual habits of vampires in different fictional universes. Um, this is a fictional universe where vampires definitely fuck. Yes, Dave, and very much like it's it's a core component of their lifestyle it's not just you know subtext as we get in the, you know the old victorian uh, style vampires no it's they're all about fucking um, like even on the wikipedia they describe the baron as um pants being pansexual um like it, it, sexuality is a big thing uh here they're always they're always lusting after people humans it's uh, even when they turn to bats they can have sex with each other like they're very you know these are some horny horny ass uh vampires and but also but usually in a very you know funny and uh comedic um way like the fucking orgy um setup where they're like trying to they're just picking out all the different kinds of dildos that they need to use and all the toys mm -hmm. and parent like there's a butt machine i don't know but <laughs> like apparently vampires have access to this um laszlo like one of the funniest scenes in it is like there's we show like he's apparently been in porn films since film was invented <laughs> and so he shows all his porns from throughout the years and one of them is like a Seinfeld porn parody called yeah. Seinfuck. <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. And her reaction to it is also super funny because like she's not horrified that her husband's in porn. She's horrified that the porn is like boring to her. Yes, that's not that, good porno. <laughs> and that sparks like a whole adorable side plot where like she doesn't want to tell him that, but he's being really terrible and he wants to play his terrible films at the orgy. And it's like, ugh, we've all been there. Yeah, classic. It is classic sitcom setups where you know one person's lying to the other person, um, and they kind of make up at the end by having sex as bats. I mean, if only if only everyone had access to that um, form <laughs> of lovemaking, I feel like the world would be a kinder and gentler place. Um, like the, I think the orgy episode is a really good example of how much of the humor in this show comes from the basic clash between like what we know vampires as which is very sexy and serious and dark and brooding and like the fucking pratfalls that befall you in day-to-day -day vampire life right like it's basically the do vampires poop uh meta filter question yeah. or the the infamous internet thread i don't know if it was on um yahoo answers or something um extended into a whole entire series and it turns out that it doesn't get old yeah yeah it it really like they they keep it fresh just to show all these new embarrassments they can put themselves through whether it's you know 
um, like even just like one of the things recurring jokes in the show is that they have a hard time finding virgins now compared to like 500 years ago and to the point where Guillermo um, has to get like one of his friends to be the virgin to be sacrificed um, at the orgy. And of course, as soon as the ver- he gets there, like he hooks up with one of the vampires and he's no longer a virgin. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit offensive uh, to LARPers as a depiction, but maybe not because the LARPer gets laid. Yes, he does. He does. He does. Um, I, 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 I could definitely, I, I, I will say the joke, like it's hard to make a virgin joke in 2019. It's just, it, yeah. it, it's, it is hard. I think it's, uh, you know, they're kind of stuck with it because it's about vampires. I think if it wasn't about vampires, they put wouldn't lean so heavily on it. If any joke is going to feel a little bit dated and out of tune, it's the joke about virgins. But they, they do some interesting stuff, um, do some kind of fun stuff with it because of the threat, because it's, it's not just making fun of virgins. It's also like, Guillermo's com- conflict of like bringing innocent people there to be slaughtered by these yeah. assholes that keep promising them <laughs> to make him a vampire and oh are, aren't going to do it. And what we find out in the uh, final episode of the season, Guillermo is actually a descendant, is a Van Helsing. He's a descendant of Van Helsing oh and God, he's so really good at killing vampires he kills two uh in during the show accidentally in some uh pretty funny scenes and then we find out that like he's like fucking like buffy the vampire slayer good at killing vampires if he wanted to be so now he has this conflict where am i gonna keep you know being you know treated like shit by these guys or am i gonna um fight back and i think you know it'll be interesting to see like I, i i really just enjoy a lot of these characters i think it's really well uh done it's not uh i think it has you know some of the strengths of uh it's always you know sunny where you see all these you know degradations that the characters go through and it kind of makes you end up falling in love with them just because of how bad they are they're so bad they're so bad and we love to watch them be so bad i love that character arc for guillermo so much because like they're just comically mean to him the whole time, right? And it's so obvious to everyone but him that they're never going to make him a vampire. Yeah, never. They're just going to use him and exploit him and like string him along with a little, a little kind word here and there, and just like never ever do it for him. And then you know it, it, it gradually starts to dawn on him throughout the series that oh he's like talking to some other familiars like do you know any familiar who's ever become a vampire um no not really but i'm gonna keep doing it anyway for reasons and then like he finds that out i'm like oh honey oh honey these people don't care about you it's like a classic worker boss relationship you know yeah and like and it's not just you know so one-sided because you do get like these scenes of like genuine genuine warmth that Nandor shows him because Nandor is probably the nicest of the three, oh, yeah. definitely definitely the nicest of the three vampires. To he's shitty to Guillermo, but he's nice to him sometimes, and he's generally like the kind of the night the most identifiable uh, vampire because you know both Laszlo and Nadja like they're just in this really like weird. They have each other. And that, 
both makes them both shittier and stronger and and uh, but while Nandor is kind of you know alone like alone because he keeps talking about yes I used to have 37 wives but you know I was driven hunt but they all left right before I was driven out of my country and my country no longer exists anymore he's just like an undocumented immigrant basically right now like literally yeah. he, he tries to become a US citizen and fails so he doesn't really have anything uh, going on for him so you end up feeling a little bit sorrier for him than you do uh the other two, the other vampires yeah uh, like you get the sense that he's not like fucking with him out of malice or anything it's like yeah, the difference between that... a malignant narcissist and just like a regular narcissist yeah 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 he's much he's just shitty to him because that has to be the way between a vampire and a human um that, that that's actually something he says a lot in the show like anytime like he's telling Gamera to shut up he does he doesn't just say shut up he says no this is only for vampires you can't talk now mm-hmm. yeah those are the rules he didn't make the rules he yeah. just knows them and enforces yes. them so I, I we we get to see a lot of different vampires and a lot of different types of vampires presented in the show. Like every type of vampire in media fiction we see. Um one, you know, some of the first uh, besides, you know, the the Baron who is like this classic kind of Nosferatu vampire, or maybe maybe more like a master from both be a vampire slayer, just a vampire who's been a vampire for so long that he's transformed into like this just this creature without you know he has um he has no genitals no orifices except for his mouth just this really creepy old looking um vampire but we also get the douchebag manhattan vampires um, oh hell yeah at some point in the show play appropriately enough the main one's played by nick crow now oh yeah oh my god he's basically just bobby bottle service bobby bottle service form. yes yeah bobby um, bottle service which is really you know appropriate i have to say because as I, as a leftist i have to point out that even though i do think nick crow is very funny um his fa- his parents are billionaires so that's why he's in everything. Um, that's mm. why he's, that's why he has a career. His parents are billionaires. It's always um, good to know that and remind people of that fact. Even though he's he is a very funny guy. He's a very he funny is very guy. funny. No, like well, I was talking about this with Jake Flores. Like most of the people who became successful comedians are very funny and have a lot of money at their yeah. disposal, and musicians too. Like The Strokes. Really good band. Made a couple of really good albums. Um, also, Rich Kids. It, it I helps. I did not know that. I did not know the Strokes were Rich Kids. Oh, now I big know, time. Now, now I assume every like band is Rich Kid. But back then, like they were close enough to the '90s where I thought they could have been like you know the Nirvana's or the Smashing Pumpkins of the world, where they were kind of working class kids for the most part who hit it big when the um, media when the industry was still big. But no, they were just. Um, Rich yeah, no, my and... friend went to NYU with them and was very jealous of their uh, both familial wealth and meteoric success. And that's so funny because, of course, the thing that everybody knows the strokes for is it sounds like they're playing in a garage on like free yeah. cheap equipment like that. That was their aesthetic. Uh-huh. OK, it takes uh, a lot of money to sound this cheap, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny so th- so they're actually just a bunch of like taylor swift's or lana del rey's basically yeah yeah basically uh, that's funny better music in my opinion yes Hot definitely day. better music um uh you have the shitty uh manhattan vampires there's also a really scene that a lot of people talked about 
where after they um after Guillermo accidentally kills the Baron, like the most powerful vampire in the show, he just accidentally um murks him right quick. Um they have to go to the vampire council to answer for um murdering the super powerful vampire. And well you know, all a lot of our favorite vampires from various movies and TV shows oh exist in the what we do in the shadows world there's a lot of uh cameos from some um really like well-known vampires uh tilda swinton from only lovers left alive evan rachel wood from uh, true blood wesley snipes blade himself is is in the show even uh even you know Pee Wee Herman, uh, who was in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, uh, is in it. They also reference you know Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, Kiefer Sutherland, um, and um, what you call it, the guy from even the Twilight guy. They uh, give him a shout out too. Like that was a really cool scene. I'm, and what really struck me though, uh, sadly, is that like it made me you know think again. Like wow, this show has so has a much 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 bigger budget. Then it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They like have oh, yeah, like big time. Like Batista is in that fucking episode. Like just as like just like, just as like another vampire. Dave Batista, one of the biggest movie stars in the world. They just able to just you know drop him in there. Wow. Um, they have a lot of money. They spend a lot of money on this show. Um, yeah. Well, uh, you have to pay to watch it on Amazon Prime. So there you go. Well, it, it does it does air on Netflix uh, FX for free. So if any of your if your friends or family have cable, they probably have FX, so you can just log in and watch it that way. With, well, by no Hot means, tip. by no means should you go and pay any media company for the show. Like, just glom on to somebody else or pirate it, um, so you can get the episodes and keep them forever. Yeah, you shouldn't do what I did, which is um, I was too lazy to uh, pirate bay it on my laptop. And I was like, I have to go in the other room and find a cord <laughs> and plug the laptop into the TV. I'm just going to pay for just this first episode because I'm lying in bed right now like a lazy bum. And then, of course, I just bought the whole series. <laughs> That's how they get you. That is how they get you. But Don't be like me. No, this is a cautionary tale. No, very cautionary tale. Do not be like Jamie. That is bad. It's bad. Anyway. Tale pay for this media but yeah um tilda swindon is very funny in it as this very excited um leader of the vampire council um like and it has it kind of adds this lore element you know to it where like you know there are a bunch of vampires around and maybe some of them do rule certain parts of the world even though our vampires are shitty so it kind of reveals that it kind of does two things right so you start off the episode thinking that our shitty vampires are just uh, are just the shitty vampires right like all the other vampires are kind of good um they do this a lot of times where you know they kind of present you know our three vampires as you know the shitty guys in the vampires and everybody else is cool but then by the end of the episode you realize that oh actually all the vampires are kind of goofy and shitty too because they botch you know killing them the council they like Wesley Snipes can't get his Skype to work correctly. Like they're just all the vampires are kind of shitheads. Like even like the Baron episode. Like they're when they get when the Baron shows up, he they're afraid that he's just gonna murder them for being slackers. But then you find out that the Baron is they just wants to go out on the town and like have a good time and get drunk and shit. Like he's just a fucking like a nine hundred year old frat bro, bro basically. <laughs> I mean. 
Isn't that most people, though, when it comes down to it? Yes. (laughs) We all think that the ruling class is, I mean, we don't think this, but they want you to think that they're somehow special, somehow charmed, somehow better than the rest of us. But um, when it comes down to it, they really just want to get drunk and party and hang out and do a bunch of drugs like everybody, like everybody else does. And they are the ruling class, so they get to do it with very few consequences although there were consequences for the baron in this episode (laughs) i must say yeah um but yeah so it constantly where you know we kind of get this feeling that you know and even with the bobby bottle service guy um he ends up burning down his club with himself in it like he's really mean to laszlo and the other and our vampires and really shitty towards him makes fun of him for being losers and then he ends up burning down the, his own club um by being like a jackass <laughs> that's what you get man like that's one thing i like about uh our vampires the main characters is like they really don't seem like they're up their own asses in the way that uh most of the other vampires are maybe the more uh, high achieving yeah. vampires, the vampires who made it to ooh Manhattan, the big city. <laughs> Congratulations. You, you suck. Yeah. They still suck. Like it keeps revealing to us that, you know, all these, you know, ancient authorities and powers are just like, just as embarrassing as like our slackers are. They just mm-hmm. have been able to hide it um, uh, a little bit better, but they're all kind of shitty. Like the orgy uh, one too, where like, you know, like they're all like, they're all like just showing up to, you know, get down and have this orgy. And you have all these different types of vampires, but they're all just like, you know, milling about being like pissy with each other. You know, they're not like super cool or anything. They're just like, you know, like there's one of them is like a Baba Duke or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, no, no uh, like it, it kind of, you know, it never presents any of the, it's, vampires ultimately as being above humanity they just have all these powers um that lets them you know treat human beings as food um but really when it comes down to it they all kind of suck Mm-hmm. seems like a bit of a metaphor yes don't you think? <laughs> now um we do get the werewolves uh in the tv show as well as the movie in the movie all the werewolves are like um, white guy bros in the in the tv show the werewolves are very diverse uh deliberately diverse like every single yeah. one of them is a different race race like every single oh my one God, that was so good yeah, it's yeah kind of well they ju- wanted to show you like that werewolves are not all the same uh you know they're all werewolves but that's like the only thing they have in common they have a multiplicity of identities and um, are subject to the same sort of intersecting and overlapping oppressions that um, POC who are not werewolves are subject to. Uh, yes. Like, for example, like when you want to go and pee on your neighbor's bushes, like you will get yelled at more if you're a Indian vampire, a Indian werewolf than if you're a white werewolf, apparently. Like, this, mm-hmm. that's yeah, why it's, it's, it's intersectional. Yes, yes. Um, but that that's a very uh, funny... Like, the werewolves are just... I, I really like 
the effects on this show, even though like the way because of the mockumentary style, they're able to do like a lot of fast cuts and it feels natural. So you don't you're not looking at the shitty, the kind of deliberately shitty werewolf costume for too long, like because everything's going, you know, crazy and like you got shaky cam uh, going on. But yeah, it's like. I, like it, it really I never watched this show and looked at something and saw oh that just looks fucking fake and goofy like I never did yeah well I guess there's that big budget again yeah they had, they had a lot of money to spend on it I'm like um, I guess because it was a fairly popular film and you know Taika is a very um, hot um, director and he directed um, I think three um, of the episodes uh, uh, for, for this series I think uh, I, but it's a I mean, all the episodes look the same. I don't think anyone looks necessarily looks like it's directed better uh, than the, any of the other ones because it is a TV show. It's kind of just a machine. But yeah, um, I think you know overall, like aesthetically as a TV show, like it feels, it looks a lot better than like a lot of like really highly praised dramas. Um, the documentary style helps, you know hide some of that stuff it just make it feels more real in a lot of ways like even like you know where when they're in their house like it feels like a real house a real place that people live the colors are very vibrant uh, and when they're like at the community board meeting that looks exactly like a real community like board like c- council where when they Nandor tries to conquer Staten Island. Um, the, uh, Colin Robinson, the energy vampire, takes him to like the like community council, the city council. And he tries. To, he declares his intention, and that everybody has to bow before him, or else he will make it rain blood. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And they tell him, actually, this is a meeting just for zoning. If you want to, mm-hmm. you know, conquer us, you have to come back in two weeks. <laughs> oh man. That's exactly what what would happen in real life too if somebody tried that. Yeah, I'm sure it ha- I'm sure it happens all the time. I'm sure like there's like I would bet anything that somebody has shown up to a city council meeting claiming to be a vampire and declaring <laughs> his intent to conquer um a city. I'm it's probably happened in Staten Island. I I can't believe that it hasn't happened yet. Oh yeah. Um so I mean, they probably have a very specific protocol for dealing with that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, I, I, I really do. I, I, the, so that kind of gets to the like the vibe of the show, the world of the show. It does posit that all of this is happening to us in the real world. Like this is, uh, this isn't an alternate universe or anything like that. This is just like happening today. This is how vampires would be in our real world. They would all be these kind of weird but super violent um losers um still trapped in you know these old thinking these old ways this own mindset and just trying to navigate our world and it's kind of a commentary on how you know confusing and alienating our world uh, would be to someone from a few hundred years ago maybe it's and also a commentary on how confusing and alienating our world is to us now how lonely our world can be because none of these people none of them can really form bonds or connections with people except each other and even then those bonds are really um strained um, for the most part yeah i was gonna say like 
um, the, the the confusion, the alienation really comes through in the energy vampire parts, the office parts. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. And like part of why people like vampires is because they're so beaten down by the mundanity of day to day life and fucking capitalism in late capitalism no less they want a little romance they want a little sex you know they want some violence they want some like vampire shit yeah and then what happens if that stuff intrudes upon the vampires well it's it, it's this show but um oh speaking of relationships i really like the plot line where um nadia has that guy jeff yes <laughs> uh, lover. oh what's his what's his real name his name, real name is jeff but she can never remember it because his right. historical name is gregor right right gregor gregor her lover who keeps getting his head chopped off and getting reincarnated in different bodies and she meets this guy and she's like so excited to see him again she's like gregor is that you and he's just like this fucking boring ass guy named jeff like she can't even pronounce the word jeff <laughs> yeah. like, coming out in different weird ways like how is this a name but like uh she, you can just feel her longing like across the ages for this guy and you know eventually he meets the same fate that he always meets but um it, it, i'm like i i'm happy for her that she has this at least for a little while every once in a while yeah every so often she gets to have a passionate affair which always ends with her lover being decapitated oh. <laughs> oh, girl, we've all been there yes yeah so what we do in the shadows i you know let, let's rate it let's give it a rating um how many what what are we rating them with again? Fangs? We're doing fangs? We did fangs before. Um, how, how many um, vampire Jonah Hill sisters are there? Because that's what we do get in the show. Jonah Hill sister is in the show and she gets turned into a vampire. Uh, oh, that okay. That makes sense. Like the college student, like the Lena Dunham type. Yes. Does, who's like a really annoying millennial yes. who gets turned into a vampire. Yes, who is jo that's Jonah Hill's sister, literally. Oh, she does look like him. Okay, that makes sense. Also love that side plot. Yes. I mean, love that plot. Not a side plot. Just a plot. You know, it makes me feel sorry for Guillermo because he gets passed over by for like, her. like a, yeah, her, like even a bigger loser than himself. Like her? Really? Yeah. Okay, guys. Whatever. Um, oh man, how many Jonah Hill sisters do we give the show? Yes. I mean, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with a five out of five on this one because it definitely does what it's supposed to do in the format. It's funny. It's uh, it's got some. It's got a little bit of romance. It's got some pathos and it's got some scares. So fuck it, five out of five. Yeah, I um, I would definitely say I probably give it. You know. Four and a half, four and a half. You know, this is a really, really um, fantastic, fantastic show. Um, like, it's very funny. Um, it's not, it's not always sunny, but you know what is. True. What indeed. All right, folks. That was Vampire Castle. Have a good one. Peace. Bye bye. Don't sing if you want to live long. They have no use for your song You're dead, you're dead, you're dead You're dead and out of this world You'll never get a second chance Plan all your moves in advance Stay dead, stay dead, stay dead
out of this world Run fast, don't stand in the fire There's too much work to be done You're down, you're down, you're down You're down and out of this world Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.